Welcome to Garage Night. Uh, I am Jeff. I am Randall. I'm Andy. And we're rolling with it today. This is just how we're going to start. <laughs> um, all right, Randy, you take it away. Well, I haven't uh, I haven't been up to much. It's it's most weeks. Um, just kind of the usual. A lot more time on the uh, on the mower than anything. The weather got nice up here in Oregon and still rained as always, but, uh, had some dry enough days. We worked out in the, uh, yards, getting everything cleaned up. And the other day we actually had my, uh, six year old Walker, uh, riding out, uh, in my parents motocross track in the backyard on a, on a legitimate 50 CC dirt bike. Nice. Uh, that was, that was really fun. Cause we had, uh, three generations of us all out there, my father, myself, and I, uh, all out riding at the same time. And that kid, he's usually pretty tentative, but uh, we got out there and he went over every obstacle, all the jumps, uh, first lap. And then second lap, I told him, you know, you don't have to do the jumps, just do what you're comfortable with. And he uh, proceeded to send it over the very next one and uh, wadded up a little bit. Had a boy, um, had a boy, Bo, and he, uh, he, I was, I was worried he was going to be done for the day because that's kind of his mo. If he crashes, he's, you know, it spooks him and he and he doesn't want to keep going. But uh, you know, Roger was right over there and uh, just telling him, "Whoa, yeah, that was awesome." And so we kind of just encouraged him and you know, and uh, he wasn't hurt and he popped up and went, "Did you see that?" Sort of a thing. <laughs> so. He uh, he just popped up and got back on. We started, and he was back back going. He did, I mean, for that little little twelve inch wheels on there, man. He did like ten or twelve laps. He did pretty good. I think that's more than Jeff did before he broke his clutch lever. I think um, that's probably right. <laughs> but yeah, it was that was pretty cool going out there, and you know, I haven't been out in a while, uh, so. You know, same way, kind of pulling your car out of the moth mothballs in the spring, uh, shaking off the cobwebs, and uh, just getting used to it a little bit. You know, first couple times over the jump, I'm way nose high and you know missing my lines, but by the end, you feel better. Kind of, I know when I drive the Mustang after a while, it would just be weird to kind of get used to the way that it steered and and stuff compared to the, you know the trucks. Uh, but then by the time you were out there for three or four miles, it was just all came back to you how to how to drive it, all the intricacies of it and stuff. So what's uh what bike were you on? Uh well I tried to take the two fifty out. I couldn't get it to start. Um even though the video that I put on Instagram a while ago had it running, it just it wouldn't pop. So I gotta tear back into it, see if it's getting fuel, see if it's getting spark you know, back at square one. So I was out there on the, uh, 05 450R, uh, you know, something I'm comfortable on. The classic still needs a new, uh, new throttle tube. Cause I got worn down a while ago in a crash. So kind of just down to the one. Um, but it's, it's a good bike. It's solid. It, it rips. So yeah. What have you guys been up to? Well, uh, so this weekend was absolutely beautiful out, and um, we, uh, Shelly and I, decided that we needed to pull the bikes out and get out of the house for a little while. And so we uh, 
fired up the motorcycles and, and, uh, after a winter storage, they hadn't been run and, um, bike fired right up and we went out and tooled around some of the back roads here. And, uh, you know, we were keeping our social distance, you know, we were keeping our six feet apart from each other, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it was just, it was absolutely epic, epic ride. Um, we went out through, uh, kind of out through the, um, all the back roads that aren't closed off right now, um, that are kind of not designated as a scenic destination. Um, but they're still pretty awesome. And, um, I don't want to list them in case they get closed, but, uh, it was, it was pretty great, uh, to get out on the bike again, kind of like you. And, um, you know, it, it was amazing though. Like, you know, that first, those first couple turns, you know, you're kind of like, Oh no, I haven't, I haven't been on this for a year. Let's try to remember how to do this and not wreck. And then after a while, it just comes right back to you. And, you know, you just have such a, a good time. You know, that little 400 of mine is just so fun. It's just so, so much personality and character and just, you know, makes all the right noises and just, you know, it's just a, a joy to ride. And then, um, you know, shortly after that, uh, I went out for a short drive in my car. Um, and then, you know, the next day was so, so nice. I had to take the Chevy back out again and go for, I went for like an hour and a half, two hour drive just getting away getting to see the nice blue sky and you know the the sun and stuff if you can't go out and go on your hikes or go on your walks or your runs and stuff to enjoy it you can at least go for 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 a drive excuse me um so the um yeah what else did i do so i feel like i did some car stuff i rerouted some fuel lines in my in my chevy um i don't know i i I think i'm pretty low this week on uh on car stuff to that i've done you know it's been uh kind of running out of stuff to um, so you took the uh the yamaha xs 400 out the 77 77 yeah the one you rode for yeah, me yeah. when i picked it up which yep, is a great that, story oh that's all back on bike night you look back through the that was on that was on bike night you're right that was on bike yep. night if you haven't listened to bike night you should listen to that that's a good one um but yeah that was uh that's a great little bike Maybe we How should about you, Andy? What, what's what's your week been up to, just kind of in general? Uh, I think I got more done than Jeff this week. Hey. No, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> uh, I drove the Mustang once, uh, make a grocery run, so I, I took it out to make the grocery run. Yes, it's still a grocery getter. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> Doing yard work still. Um, we got our, uh, our fence and everything done. I've been working in the yard. Um, oh yeah, you got a, a fence, a big, big white vinyl one, right? Uh, tan, yeah. Tan. I like the vinyl fences. That like they're, you know, a little more investment up front, but yeah, but it's worth it to not have to off. ever go out and maintain them every year and stain them and clean them and. And then they only last, you know, ten to fifteen years, and then you start getting rot, and they got to get replaced again, and you know, yeah. just maintain the. Uh, vinyl ones and they look they they stay looking good for a long time i had that in my first house yeah yeah it'll be nice and it's it's gonna outlive us at this house at least too but so yeah i mean we we don't have a backyard in yet so i've been starting on that um nothing car related well uh you know speaking of car related i guess we can uh segue into rides for anything more specific i've been uh I've been working on some things on on my rigs. Uh, not anything fun. Uh, just you know, 
Uh, this is where everyone just laughs and go, oh yeah, he's own, he owns the BMWs. He's working on them now. <laughs> uh, all in one day, um, our X5, our, our regular car, uh, gave me three trouble codes in one day. Um, so it went from just fine to the uh, diesel exhaust fluid is low again. Um, we definitely have a cracked active tank. Um, but I'm going to see if I can uh, find where it's leaking and repair it because a new one, drum roll please, $1,800. Ouch. So I'd, I'd rather not replace the whole thing if I can, uh, if it's just a loose fitting somewhere or whatever. So we'll, I'll be chasing that down. And then also a tail light went out, which gives me a check engine light. And um, uh, just out of the blue, it monitors the oil oil level not just the pressure but the oil level and it's always been just fine but out of the blue it uh tells me it's low and you know tells me to uh, put in a quart i'm thinking it's probably just a sending unit or something but far be it from me to ignore a low fuel light or a low uh, oil light so ran down got some uh some premium oil and uh just threw it in there and Seems happy now. I just wonder if it was low. You know, I haven't seen any oil leaks. I know diesels are called oil burners, but that's not a literal thing that they do anymore. Um, so, you know, it's that mysterious, where did the cork go? Because um, Under the car? Yeah, I, I usually check for those sorts of things. Um, <laughs> would have seen it uh, at, the, at the house, you know, and... Honestly, if I did see an oil leak under the car, I would assume one of you just came over and poured a bottle of ATF under the car. Wasn't me. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah, that would be my first thought. But no, just, you know, those sorts of things. So I refilled the def. So I did some car-related stuff in the past week. Refilled the def again, put oil in again. And... um Changed the whole tail light bulb, which whoa, yeah, buddy, look at you get your hands dirty. No, oh god, no. Okay, good. Uh, you had, you probably had, yeah, you probably had two layers of nitrile gloves on there. Didn't need no gloves. Everything's inside. No screwdrivers. No nothing. So you open the hatch, and uh, for me, it was the driver's side. There's a little um, thing that you can open to get to your uh, your fuse panel on one side and then the other side it's the uh, amp for the stereo and when you do that you just look at where the tail light is on the inside and there's a there's a bracket there with two little pins that you kind of push in and then you grab the middle and it's got kind of a pinch uh, bit that you pull up and the whole thing pulls out and you've got your three bulbs your brake light tail light and reverse lights all right there and amazingly they're incandescents Go figure. Um, That's not like so, you to have a car with incandescent light bulbs. You know, all of the bar. But uh, it's just an 1157. Twist in, pull out, and then you know, push the other one in and twist it and done. And then thing just clicked back in. Press the button to close the hatch. That's my kind of wrenching. But um, Did you actually have a wrench? Yeah, no. I own wrenches. They're you know clean and put away. Gold plated in a, in a velvet box. 
God, you know, it's funny. I don't mean to take away from your minute, but uh, I drive by people's houses. Like I was cruising around this weekend in my Chevy, just cruising, you know, doing my thing. And I was, I, I was just kind of looking around and I was noticing there was a lot of guys with their garage doors open and they all have these really nice toolboxes, you know, and like, like just some really nice shit, you know, and like looking at that, I'm like, none of these people have dope ass cars. Like, I wonder what's in those toolboxes. Do they actually do stuff? Like, are they actually, like, if you looked at my garage, you'd be like, wow, that's a pile of crap garage. Like you would have no idea that there was a whole car built in that garage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I always wonder about that. Like all these really nice toolboxes and stuff. And you always see these people keep everything just spotless. And like, Here, here's the answer. If they have, you know, not to be classist or anything, but like if you have the money for a $4,000 toolbox with another $4,000 of tools all put away in their, you know, in their nice little place and all that, those people probably have the money to take their car to a dealership and have it serviced and repaired there. Good point. Good point. The the people that need to work on their cars, you know, unless it's a classic car that they want to wrench on like you have, generally, you know, those people, if they have to work on their car, they probably don't have money for a brand new Matco toolbox with all all the neat gadgets in it. They've got what I've got. They've got a crescent set from Costco for $99 that unfolds out of a plastic thing that's broken, and they pull their wrenches out of that. Uh, to, to defeat my own point, uh, my dad does have a big stainless steel, uh, roller, one of the big ones and, uh, it's got tools in it, but he actually works on his motorcycles with, right. Yeah. You guys work on motorcycles. Um, but again, generally most of the tools that he uses, instead of having to walk back to that all the time, he has an old tool bag filled with the most commonly used tools Mm-hmm. And then he can just pick that up and take it with him out to his trailer when he goes riding. And then he has all the tools he needs. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So that, that toolbox is not used super often, but it does hold the majority of the tools, you know, like 11 millimeter. No need for that sort of a thing. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. Other than that, I uh, had to, uh, get a semi-permanent uh, battery charger set up uh, <laughs> hooked up in the in the first bay of the garage. Um, and now I know exactly where and how to park my 5 Series to basically leave it on a trickle charger anytime that it's not being driven. That thing has a dead battery pretty much every morning anymore. <laughs> Welcome to the Focus. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm feeling your pain. Um so, you know, it's it just gets really old to get out into the car. Okay, put the key in doom doom. Then turn the key, tick 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 tick. Yep. Come on. I gotta go to work. So um I want I, I know I should probably just replace the battery, but if I still have a draw somewhere, I don't want right. to, you know, KO a, a brand new battery, you know. So have you, have you checked for draws in the system yet? No, not, not uh, to a large extent. So that's something that I think we should actually have a shocking garage night. Uh, And if video content, 
Yeah. So we get enough people uh, actually putting, you know, testing leads on stuff. We can see if we can track it down. I believe it's still the lighting module. Because um, I know when I got it, there was a problem with the lighting module, like just come on as they wanted um, without any rhyme or reason. And I still can't use my brights. I had to actually unplug the bulbs. Uh, I remember because that. Whether I have the bright switch on or off, they they always try and stay on with or without headlights marker lights it doesn't matter the brights are just always on so that led me to the uh, lighting control module uh, i i did actually i did actually read something about your specific problem for that car did you i did i believe the summation of the article said the start and end of your problem is on the hood ornament hmm yeah, I yeah. heard that too. Um, I, I had heard if you got something with a blue oval, starts with an F, ends with a D, you wouldn't have that problem. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that makes it go away, as long as you don't get something with a bow tie. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> on an unrelated note, there are two job openings on the podcast. Please email us. <laughs> Please email either myself or, or Jeff, as Randy can no longer handle this. Because <laughs> his car's broken. <laughs> Side uh, note, check out, check out just another car. side quest because Garage Night's not happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be happening a lot in Randy's garage with his <laughs> yeah. BMW. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. So I'll see if I can track that down because, you know, do this car is just too much fun to to not. I'm so glad to be back, you know, charging it, then driving it. I'm I'm curious. Um, when you put the battery chargers on, do you do you use it with your pinkies out? Is that like the, <laughs> the proper technique to put a BMW battery on uh, the charger? Got to be classy. Yeah. Well, what what other way is there? Well, yeah. I mean, to be accurate, I have my butler do it with his Ooh, pinkies out. Perfect. With his pinkies out. I don't touch things. Is that uh, Jeeves? <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, Jeeves, Jeeves is in charge of of my like inside chores. This is Harold. Harold. No, Alfred. Handles... Alfred. We already have a butler. Alfred. Mm. It's a good <laughs> thing she corrected you. Yeah. <laughs> corrected by the butler. That's you know oh, yeah. Abby's the butler, huh? Oh boy! If I leave this in and she hears it, she's gonna hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> good thing you're like four hundred miles. Challenge away. accepted. <laughs> Because <laughs> having me and you both right. would have to come over here, and I wouldn't be mad if I get punched in the arm. <laughs> R.I.P. <Wow>. Andy. <laughs> I might see you guys next week. I might not. Oh, segue. Um, I don't want are... one. Mm. I'd probably fall. <laughs> you would. You would definitely fall. Before that like you a, that's like off. a hoverboard before with a stick, right? <laughs> yeah, hoverboard with a stick. Like. Do you want a concussion? That's how you get a concussion. Uh, we're definitely going to need to start doing uh, some some uh, trips, some cruises. Um, I've actually had a couple uh, that I've kind of been looking at. Uh, one I definitely think uh, we should do is um, Highway 101 mm. out on the coast. Yes. I've done 101. That's fun. It's just a matter of how far, you know, what what's the best section to do? Because I believe it it stretches, does it stretch all the way up past Astoria? 
I believe so. that as far north as one, but I think it does. We could, we could start on the Washington side and go down over the Astoria Bridge because that's kind of an epic thing that's also terrifying if you find that thing, kind of thing terrifying. Um, <laughs> it is a big, long bridge. That is very a very long. high bridge, too. I was uh, mm-hmm. the first time I was on it, they were doing they were welding on the bridge and they had these big rigs set up and like these giant, like thick cables holding the sides of the bridge together um, while the traffic was passing on it. And they have guys up in these big tarps welding up inside these giant tarps over the bridge. It was a little it was a little eerie. A little sketch. Yeah. A little sketch. Yeah, it was a little sketch. Yeah, but see, the, that that's one of the neat things that's along 101 because that stretches all the way down uh, past L.A. Uh, like that goes all the way. That that becomes the PCH, the Pacific Coast uh, Highway. Oh, um, I, I haven't gone that far, yeah. I've done – Yeah, I've been on a good bit of most of the Oregon bit of it. So I think that's, that's something that's been kind of on my mind is to do a cruise like that, uh, <clears throat> especially like a uh, – a cheap car cruise because I'm thinking specifically uh, the Beamer, the Falcon and the Focus oh, I'm all, uh, are all, we got those for, I think Jeff might've actually spent the most on. I did. Them. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> spent the most on a, in a segment. Mine was like almost twice the price of the BMW. <laughs> I thought yours was 2,500. 28. 28 yeah and uh, i was 1200 yeah 12 yeah and mine's the slowest gets the worst fuel mileage is the oldest stops the worst accelerates the worst is the least safe uh that <laughs> starts the most often starts right that is 100 percent true <laughs> that's, if, if that's we're doing if we're doing that run i'll i will spring for a battery and <laughs> as as will i i'll wait till at least it starts three times in a row and then yeah and it it works fine. I can drive the car to the store here and there. It's basically when it sits overnight. My, mine takes a couple days. If I don't drive it in three days, it'll start hard. Fourth day, it's dead. Who yeah, would have thought that, that the 1960 car would be the one that starts most often and is most reliable? Well, you're comparing it to a to a, a performance hatch and a uh, and a european luxury car i don't Mm. think you really have a lot of oh i got at least i got that (laughs) you got the least amount of draws (laughs) that's that's the point i don't have very many electrical circuits in there exactly they are 70 years old or 60 years old if i can do my math right yep 60 60 but I thought I thought that would be kind of a fun, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Full disclosure: I've been watching the old Top Gears uh, that are on Motor Trend on Demand, and uh, their cheap car challenges. I'm like, we don't have to buy anything; we already have cheap cars. We do. God, that would take so long with my car. It's so slow. <laughs> you guys would be out just way. I would just be so far behind. <laughs> It's okay. I'll I'll go slow, and maybe my fuel mileage could go up past you know sixteen. I feel like a like that would be the appropriate budget, like for you know for doing a, a like a, a similar cruise. But I feel like performance wise, I feel like the best comparison would be like Chevy BM and Mustang. That would be 
that would be a fun one. See, I think that's a different trip. I think that's where do we go there. What do we do with that trip? Do we go down to Lake Bodie? I think that one we have to meet in Boise and uh, go yeah. from Boise. I don't know Bozeman, boy, up to Montana. Go up through Coeur d'Alene and then over. Ooh, that's a pretty drive. That is a good through, drive through like Troy Libby because some of that's really high speed stuff, like legally. Um, Once you get out of Boise on 84 going east, it's 80 all the way. You go to some. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like there's not as much to look at um, going that way because I did I did that we, drive. Oh, dude, uh, here we go. Let's do Speed Week. What's what? Uh, we're doing it on the air. Speed. Uh, which Speed Week? Isn't it uh, Hot Rod Speed Week or Drag Week or whatever? Drag Week down there, Bonneville Salt Flats or whatever. Oh, no, no, drag week is it's a week of it's a week of drag racing, like three or four different tracks, and you drive on the off day, and then you race at a different track the next day. Your car could do that. My like car, my Chevy, that. could tow your car to each one when it breaks. And <laughs> what are you talking about? I just fixed everything. It ain't gonna break again. <laughs> oh, Why do you think I upgraded everything? Yeah. Nothing ever breaks after you upgrade it. <laughs> nothing. Nothing breaks. <laughs> because it's a Ford. No, I feel like there's a they, they do like speed week down there at the Bonneville Salt Flats and you can watch like all the guys do their super high speed runs and all that. Um Hot Rod's always down there doing their thing. Um I, f- I feel like it's called Speed Week. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Well, I know I know uh one of the problems so there is speed, yeah, speed week, week. Yep. uh it's august 8th through the 14th so uh in wendover utah that ain't yeah. Far. oh yeah yeah utah salt flats perfect maybe not Bonneville, so but... we'll tentatively try to uh make it to that that would be um, if it happens if it yeah if the virus doesn't shut it all down i'm thinking by august we, we might be in the clear for that um if we all keep our social distance, we might be clear. <laughs> yeah, so let's all do our best now so we can go do that thing then. Yeah. I almost um, hope it doesn't happen because I really don't want to go to China. My work is trying to send me to China in a few weeks or a few months, I should say. Yeah, maybe maybe not the best uh, time to, to, uh, to do that. Be on a plane uh, for 15 hours. Yeah, let's just let's go to the South Flats instead. Yeah, I'd rather uh, do I, that. It, so is it is at Bonneville, August 8th to the 14th, I think. Yeah. God, you guys made me feel like I was crazy. Ah, I feel much better now. You are. You were right. So uh, about how far is it from Boise to the Bonneville Salt Flats? Uh, give me just a second. I'll tell you. I might have to have the interior finished in my Chevy before then. Yeah, that might be a good idea because that's that's a lot of miles. Uh, six hours from here, from my house. That's that's nothing. Three hundred. It's the same distance from from my place in Portland to here. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, really picking up Andy's the halfway point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a rear seat in the car. Should we do a Should we do a train down there? Should we do all of our cars, or should we take one? Well, we would we would take them all. I think that's the whole point. Is uh, yeah. First yeah. Of all, 
I like that. Cruise, cruise together for sure. We'll get a couple of cameras. We'll we'll uh, we'll make a, a Top Gear special out of it. You know. I like it. That sounds yeah. sounds like a plan. Sounds like a tentative plan. <laughs> so, Randy, you were uh, we were talking during your ride segment about people with their big, expensive roll-up toolboxes and everything else, and and that kind of made me wonder, you know, to start, I guess, what is your guys's most expensive tool in your garage, and what is your most used tool? Hmm. Most expensive off the top of my head might be actually my chop saw. Oh, you got a chop saw? Yeah, I've got a I got a chop saw. It's just a just a Ryobi, but like I'm trying to think of something that's more expensive than you know what? It, I mean, it's possible that my uh that my drill might be the single most expensive. I don't have a lot of use for a big complicated piece like that and with me moving a lot recently you know it, it's fortuitous to not have a big uh you know big expensive thing to move around um sure. that or the air compressor because i got a big stand-up Ooh, uh, yeah. air compressor it's a big 55 gallon uh craftsman um, yeah that would be pretty spendy yeah that thing i think if i would have had to pay full price would have been about 400 dollars. so yeah that was that's probably the single most expensive because it's also big. What about Which you? one do you use the most? What do you use the most out of what all of I, your tools? What do I use the most? Yeah. Um, my socket set, my metric socket set without a question. Yeah. Because between the BMWs and the uh, uh, Japanese dirt bikes, that yeah. is uh, far and away the most commonly used. So, okay, so so socket sets are pretty common. I think we're all probably going to say that's probably what we use the most is our socket or our wrench set. What other tool, like, that's, I, I want to say something that's not just super common that you would use kind of, that would be unexpected. That you so your most common, commonly used obscure tool? Sure, yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. Andy, why don't you uh, do most expensive tool and, and uh, most commonly used while I think about that other one, it's probably the same thing uh, for me at least. It's my half-inch drive Dewalt impactor. I use that for everything, work included. Is that it, a twenty volt? Yeah. Ooh, nice. It is a beast of a gun for its size too. It's not the the giant, you know, big heavy-duty giant. It's kind of a compact one, but. Man, the thing will break rusted lug nuts off of trucks easily. I've heard those twenty volts are great. Yeah, I just, my whole everything I have, all power tool wise, it's all the dual twenty volt stuff. It's all interchangeable batteries and everything. It's super nice. There's almost no need for air tools anymore. There's uh, really not. I've got a compressor. I've got air tools. I don't use them. Yeah, I shouldn't have cheaped out. I bought I bought a uh, a pneumatic uh, Brad nailer. Uh, about a year and a half ago, a Dewalt. It's it's really good. It worked great. It's got you know, uh, you can put all the different sized nails in there, uh, Brad nails in there, and you know it's it's really well put together. The safety you can you know set it to just do one per pull, or just hold down the trigger and punch, punch, punch. Like it's a good tool, but for another, I think eighty bucks, I could have got one that runs off of the same you know battery system that my drills and impacts use. 
Yeah, that's that's the next thing I want to buy is I want one of those off the 20 volt nail guns. They're they're super sweet. The, yeah, the I, way I the battery technology has been going the last five years, oh. it's been absolutely insane what they can get out of uh, electronic power tools. My lawnmower is electric. <laughs> yeah. Mine too. Yeah, 40 volt. Um, uh, it's the Cobalt. Uh, yep. Lowe's you, got, you got the same one I do, I think. Yep, it's a, it's a wonderful little machine. Uh, and I got a second battery because I have the matching weed whacker. Uh, and the five amp, uh, five amp hour battery that comes with the lawnmower uh, is enough to do a standard front and backyard at a, uh, you know, at a normal house. Uh, and that same one will power the weed whacker pretty much indefinitely. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I didn't get, I've got this, I've got the matching weed whacker leaf blower kit, but it's the 24 volt. I didn't get the 40 volt one because it was just overkill for what I'd ever use it for here. And it was 50% more cost and that I didn't need. What I basically did is I bought a second battery and paid a little extra to get a weed whacker with it. Yeah. I thought about that route too. That's about what it was. Cause you know, I was going to pay $80 for another, for a second battery. Uh, granted it's only a two and a half amp hour. Uh, half the size of the uh, mm-hmm. one that came with the mower, but it's enough to, if you get most of the yard mode uh, and it runs out of juice, you can throw that one in and, and finish it up. That's what I did today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically is another hundred dollars and I go whole weed whacker with it. So, you know, why not? Um, yeah. I, th- I think when I, when I bought it, it was, I bought the the 24 volt kit and it was like 149 bucks, but it was, the leaf, the leaf blower, the weed whacker, a battery, and the charger wasn't a bad deal, and it yeah, works pretty good. Yeah, those battery ones are just—they're insane. We've, you know, we've got the twenty-volt Dewalt stuff at my work, and we've got the quarter-inch impact and half-inch impact, and you know, we do pretty industrial stuff, and you know, uh, that half-inch impact—you know—we replace the battery on that every—I don't know—we switch it out every two weeks or so and we're yeah. running inch and a quarter uh sockets on stuff and it gets it tight enough it's, to bend the all thread so yeah it's, it's those things are just just beasts i might yeah, have to uh, give me one of those with here the, the big batteries point. on those things like i i kill mine when i i use it at work it's the only one i use at work um mm-hmm. I only kill that thing about every other week, and that's if I'm throwing up a lot of doors. And it's probably a two or three amp hour. Yeah. Oh no, that's my that's my five. Oh, that's the five. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's a big one. But that's like I said, that's only if I'm throwing up a lot of doors in a week or so. So I think uh, in my garage, the most expensive tool that I have by far is my welder. Um, my oh, first certainly. Yeah, my, my first welder was a $200 Craigslist cheapie, and that didn't quite cut what I was needing it to do. And um, I wanted to weld, you know, three sixteenths, and that just was a too borderline for structural welding. And so I sprung for the, you know, $1,200 Miller, which is really reasonable actually now, 220 volt um, inverter style. And uh, that thing is just a champ. Um, I think my most used, like you guys, is my socket set far and above. I mean, I've had that thing, that little cre- uh, Crescent Costco brand. You've had that uh, thing as long as I've known you, if not longer. 
Yeah, yeah. I got my first set stolen probably two years after I got it, and that was stolen out of the back of my dad's car in our driveway when I came home from college. I bought another one to replace it, and I've had that ever since, and the thing's just, like, falling apart. But, man, I'd use the crap out of that thing. And uh, and then uh, – but I, I would say, you know, another interesting thing is what is my most useful tool that I think is is something that I think would we could pass along to maybe our listeners is – one of the tools that you think is probably the most underrated, but the most useful for what kind of stuff that we do. Um, I would say uh, top one would be the $4 attachment for my impact gun that allows it to fit a, uh, a socket, like a, a quarter inch, a three eighths drive or a, oh, a half yes. inch. Um, and that and buy, those buy them in multi-packs because Without warning, you'll be turning it, and then it'll just snap. Oh yeah, no, just you don't need to buy a multi pack. You just need to buy an impact rated one. I've snapped a couple of them before I started buying the impact rated ones. Oh no, uh, at at work we've snapped. I mean, over the past few years, five or six, we probably snap one to two a year of the hardened impact ones. Really? So they they do break. Uh, so, but they sell them in two and three packs. So just. Go ahead and get a couple. That way, if one breaks, you can just finish what you're doing because the worst is you're like, well, I guess I got to go with a wrench now. So literally, I mean, for the almost the entire time I've been working on cars, I've been doing every bolt and nut by hand because I hate firing on my air compressor. I hate dealing with yeah. that shit. And it's just so loud. And so I, until the last, I don't know, four months, five months when I bought that, I'd been doing every single nut and bolt on my all my cars by hand, except for like the really heavy duty like ball joint stuff where I'd have to break it loose with the air. But, I, I uh, will I will say for the people cringing right now, uh, at the very least you can use it to pull out bolts and to run them in to touch, and then you can still hand torque them because you know some people oh, yeah. don't don't you know if you can't feel it you don't know exactly how tight it is taking things apart so much quicker and yeah. running into those long bolts. Uh, it's definitely worth having around, even if you don't want to risk ooga your, uh, your bolts on. And honestly, like for chassis stuff, most of the time it's pretty fine. Like you're not going to hurt most chassis related parts by cranking them pretty tight. So, um, and, and yeah. some of them have, uh, um, like, uh, my DeWalt has three settings. It has, you know, three different um, foot pounds that it'll, that'll uh, crank to. So that's, that's definitely useful. It's just right there on the, on the base, you go one, two or three um, for how fast and how uh, solid it'll, it'll put stuff on just in case you just put it to one, run stuff in and then, uh, you know, hand tight your torque wrench on it. Yeah. So the other, the other tools I was thinking of that are a little less common but very helpful and useful and ones that I've used a lot, um, my angle grinder, my four-and-a-half-inch angle grinder, I use that on my entire car. <clears throat> God, I, I probably went through 100-plus cutoff wheels on that entire car, um, just cutting panels off and, you know, getting in spaces where you, where, where you need to get in and then, you know, you, you screw your flap wheel on and you smooth the metal out, get it nice and, um, ready for body work or whatever, grind your welds down, all that, you know, if, if you're doing body panel replacement or whatever, 
Um, yep. And you can get those corded. You can get those 12, 20 volt now too. Yeah, yes, I've heard they're pretty awesome. Yeah. Got one of those too. They're super slick. Can't, can't tell you how many times I've uh, I've been under the car and oh. like had the cord or something or the you know the you know those like three into one plugins go bad and you start losing your I've got my like my light plugged into one and then my grinder plugged into one and then the light starts flickering and the only thing lighting up is the grinding sparks underneath the car like yeah it's there's some janky stuff that's gone on in my garage I'm not proud of but. <laughs> I'll, but, I'll uh, tell you my my probably my my favorite one that I don't necessarily use the most, but the most handy is the the uh, the oscillating tool. Oh yeah, the oscillating multi tools. Those are really like, yes. Nice. That that's what um, uh, Shelley's stepdad calls the uh, Fine tool. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it was originally designed in Germany by a company called Fine, um, yeah. and then rigid and every other company in the world knocked it off um, yeah. those things are those things are beasts those things are yeah. awesome there's there's you can do so so much with them like they are a true multi-tool you can do a lot of things effectively with the different ends that you can put on those oh yeah yep. it's like a uh, it's like a sawzall with more control oh yeah yeah those those are those are impressive that's something to i don't have one I usually know someone who does. Um, Oh, I will. The most useful obscure thing I have is not auto related, but a proper tile saw, not a scoring one. (laughs) That's never try to never. Nope. Get a proper tile saw if you're ever tiling anything. But as far as automotive and stuff, there's these. So they look like screwdrivers, but at the end, they're like a more like a dentist tool. Mm. They're, oh, the little, they're the little picks. Yeah, they're pointed, but they're angled differently. Some are one is a straight yeah. pick, the other one is ninety degree, and then another one just kind of. And they make different shapes with them. The yeah. Dollar Harbor Freight tools. Yeah, yeah, you can get them from more reputable, uh, you know, brands, but you probably don't need to. But just having something like for me, I was able to use one to kind of hook and pull a uh, a fuel line down over uh down over the, the mail end and just kind of help me get a grip without being something big that's going to get in the way and just just enough to kind of grab it and pull it over and then mm-hmm. get the clamp on there uh so those i i use those all the time they cost nothing they take up no room um and uh you know worst case you can use them for self-defense. That's true. A um, couple of... Those are super handy. The I use those, ironically enough, the most commonly I use them for cleaning the lint out of the iPhone charging port. Yep. Ooh, yeah. Yep. yep. That's exactly. That's the kind of thing you just uh, need, to, need to have around. Uh, another thing is uh, a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, because you can, you know, you can move it around, you know, just plug it in, get it charging and then carry it around with you wherever you are in the garage. Um, They are nice. (laughs) So those those picks that you were talking about also, those are the only way to get a 1950 Chevy door handle off, by the way. Really? Yeah. Or 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 a rag if you're really skillful. But, yeah, they have a C-clip that doesn't fit any of the standard like 
door removal tool kits, you know, the like the little stamp sheet metal ones, uh, yeah, door yeah. handle removal kits. So you have to get in there with a pick and pull the C-clip back. Um, and it's a nightmare. I had to buy two sets of those. Get two of the straight ones in there and pop it up loose. And then they go flying off the freaking thing. Yeah, anyway, they're really handy. But, you, 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 you know, I'd almost buy a brand better than Harbor Freight, though. Those grips like to slide off if you reef on them too hard. What's uh what what's next on your on your list? Do you have anything left on that list, Jeff? Um, brake drum toolkit. Uh, like I know most people don't have brake drums, and you're gonna laugh at me for having them, but uh, they have basically like a a brake drum spoon, and then a um like a kind of like a pry tool for the springs. So you basically, if you ever have seen brake drums before, um, they've got like this little uh it's almost like a cast little hook and a rod and you, and you line your springs up on the rod and you place this little hook over the end of the pin. And then you just kind of leverage up against the pin and push up and those springs snap right over that pin, which is how they need to align, which is really nice. It saves you a lot of headache and, uh, and cursing from, you know, putting your screwdriver up on there and then it's slipping off the pin and all of that. And then, um, you know, for adjusting your brake drum adjuster, um, you can use your, uh, your brake spoon there to, uh, to, uh, adjust your adjuster under the car without having to pull your drums off, which is really nice. And the other thing that brings uh, me two points and I need to get some of this cause I've never used it, but I need to get some anti C's for your brake drum adjusters and many other things. Um, and then also some PB blaster or liquid wrench or some type of penetrant for all of your rusty bolts. Um, super, super useful. You'd be surprised how many new cars come with drum brakes. Oh yeah, yeah, a quite quite a few uh, kind of entry level, uh, you know, Camry Accord uh, level vehicles come with drums on the back because you don't have to service them near as often. They're not doing a lot of work. You know, they're only twenty percent of your braking uh, at times. Um, you know, they just they just don't need to be that strong if you're not a performance vehicle you're not towing um the modern uh tacoma you know one of the most popular trucks still has uh drums at the back um, i would have thought so, the drums would still be more expensive to produce but i guess maybe not nope they are they're cheaper because they're less complicated and there's lower cost of ownership because you know you have to replace your consumables uh, or less yeah, your rotors and discs, or uh, rotors and pads, I should say. You know, you have to replace those every, you know, fifty thousand miles, give or take. Um, and drums, you just you replace those shoes every one fifty to two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, that's being preemptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely ob- obscure, but. If you have drums and you're going to service them, you need the right tools. I've done it without the proper tools, and uh, those things will blow apart on you. So another great tool to have, I might as well mention, is a brake flare kit, and not the cheap ones from Harbor Freight that look like a little cone. You need to get like the $230 kit from K-Tool or Summit Racing or one of those places and uh, the clamp in your bench vise, and they actually properly flare tubing. For inverted flare, double flare, bubble flare, uh, single flare, whatever you need to do, 
And those are fantastic for making your own brake lines or fuel line fittings or whatever you need to do. Um, I have used the snot out of those. And after buying it, that getting that one-time initial purchase done, after that, like you can make brake lines all day long. You're not stuck to buying the, you know, the pre-made or pre-bent or whatever AutoZone crap. You can make exactly how you want it, lay it out exactly where you need it to go. Um, you can buy the nice um, Nikop lines, you know, that are really easy to bend and hold a shape really well. You know, all really good stuff. So you, you've mentioned uh, Harbor Freight uh, a couple of times. Name check them specifically there's a lot of differing opinions on you know what's worth buying where sort of a thing you know what do you spend more money on what do you not spend money on what do you consider disposable uh so to lead into that what are your guys's preferred brands uh for for tools again we're not we don't have any sponsors this is just legitimately what we use um so the most purchased item I've had in the past three years has probably been gloves from Harbor Freight. Uh, they probably have the best deals on nitrile gloves um, for if you're you know, grinding or if you're out underneath wrenching your car, you don't want to stick in your hand in oil, you don't want to get super dirty. Or even if you just want it for a little bit of protection against you know your grinder or whatever, um, which is what I used it for primarily. Um, they're they're fantastic for that. I get their nine mil and they're like 13 bucks for a 50 pack and uh, they're super strong and they, they hold up really well. I use the snot out of those things. Um, uh, other than that, I wouldn't say I'm super brand loyal. I've found that uh, um, quality is kind of independent of brand. You just really kind of have to, to gauge. Like I've had, I've had, uh, I bought Milwaukee step drills and had them break and I bought Harbor Freight ones that have not broken. You know what I mean? Um, the Harbor Freight ones might dull a little quicker. Uh, maybe it's the, the brittleness of the Milwaukee is different than the Harbor Freight. Um, just depends. Um, also depends on how you treat it. You know, most of the time I'm using a step drill, I'm not putting oil on it like you should, you know, you're just <laughs> yeah. sticking it there in the sheet metal and just pushing as hard as you can get that thing to pop through, you know, and, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I usually go with whatever's at, at Home Depot or, uh, or Harbor Freight or uh, wherever I'm at at the time that looks like a reasonable deal. It isn't crazy expensive, you know, but um, I will say that I've been a little disappointed in my Makita tools. I probably have more Makita tools than anything because my parents have kind of, that's kind of been like their, uh, their tool of choice has always been Makita. Um, and so that was kind of like, what they got kind of got me started with was like Makita. And so when you buy into a brand, you kind of buy the rest of the stuff in that brand. So you don't have to keep buying batteries. Well, um, I've been a little disappointed in my Makita stuff. That's like, as far as battery performance, their life is not great. They're, they're not super long, like the, like the DeWalt's. However, their impact is pretty good. I've been pretty impressed with that. Um, the impact that I have has been pretty, pretty solid, but, um, other than that, you know, I really can't say. I mean, I've had good stuff from Harbor Freight. I've had bad stuff from Harbor Freight. Um, I've had good stuff from, uh, from um, you know, like Crescent brand and weird stuff like that. And I've had bad stuff from Craftsman. So, I mean, I, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of along the same lines as Jeff. There's, 
it's good and bad, good and bad in all the brands, you know, and like Jeff was saying with Nikita stuff, but you know, my dad used to have Nikita stuff back in the day when I was growing up, when he was working, you know, and because that was kind of the biggest thing at the time before, you know, like Milwaukee and DeWalt stuff kind of took off. <clears throat> and, you know, any more the new, the new Milwaukee stuff, I'm not a fan of really any of it. You know, we've got um, my boss and some of our other techs have Makita tools that they use and they're, they're honestly just kind of garbage. I mean, their, their battery life is really poor. They, you know, they, they don't torque down, you know, very well. They're really slow running. Um, battery life is just not great on them. So I'm not a fan of any of the Makita stuff. Um, the one thing I, I would say that I am brand loyal to is as far as power tools is DeWalt. I mean, I probably got 20 different DeWalt tools that are all battery powered. Everything runs on the 20 volt system. I mean, and it all runs really well. So that is probably the one thing I am brand loyal to. Um, Other than that, like, I mean, I've got a mixed bag of everything, you know, stuff that it's all, you know, if it works, it works. I keep it. If not, I try something else. Um, you know, like a lot of like hand tools and stuff I have, like I do have a lot of the carbon free wrench sets and socket sets and stuff. I've got, you know, a craftsman sets of socket sets and stuff that work, you know. Um, one thing I would say stay away from for 100% stay away from anything harbor freight, um, you know, like electrical, like connectors, fuses, stuff like that. Um, Jeff knows where that's going. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wouldn't wouldn't use it on a project, let alone a car. Not a good idea. Um, for reasons we'll get into it in another show probably, but um, <laughs> the Harbor Freight, I had a, in college, I had a Harbor Freight wrench. Um, and I, working my wheels down, I was putting snow tires on one winter uh, when I was in college. And as I was torquing it down, and not even like, super high torque and, you know, 100, 105 pounds of torque on this thing. And the thing, as I, I was sitting in front of it and I shouldn't have been, it's my own fault, but the the mechanism basically just snapped and I just reamed myself in the forehead with it. And I chucked that thing out in the street and didn't look back. I was so mad. Basically Other cracked your head open on a bad torque wrench that it was so yeah, poorly done. Yeah, yeah, uh, not fun. Uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, I've got, you know, I can't see anything specific, good or bad, other than that, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything else different. Um, Andy, what do you I'm I'm similar to, to Andy on, on some of that stuff. Uh, like, my uh, my thing now is, is DeWalt Power Tools. Um, that's just what I've seen, you know, uh, with work and just you know when i've used other people's stuff it just seems to uh hold up uh seems to kind of put up with the punishment um and where i work is kind of corrosive and these things are still lasting years and years we go through uh and we do consume uh you know the three and a half inch and uh seven and nine inch uh angle grinders but not at the rate that we did other brands so, you know, they put up with uh, quite a bit. Um, but I grew up in a craftsman household. Uh, my dad was huge into craftsmen, always had, you know, everything was pretty much that with very few exceptions. And, uh, you know, so when I turned 16, he got me a top cabinet that I still have. Um, 
And uh, so I kind of started going that route and I bought uh, a couple of years after that, I think it was 19. I bought the big 200 and some odd piece uh, kit that's got six point and 12 point uh, everything. And, you know, I spent a few hundred dollars on a big hand tool set of craftsman uh, wrenches and sockets and uh, everything like that. And I still use those all the time, but I started branching out and I'm like, you know what? I need a weed whacker. So I got their first battery powered weed whacker. And then the year after that, I got the chainsaw to go with it. And this would have been in 2013, 2012 and 2013. And I think in 2015, my dad got a, uh, an electric weed whacker and it's a steel, uh, the chainsaw company. And when I picked up his steel, I realized, oh, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> so the craftsman is fine, but it's all plastic construction uh, with just, you know, two hollow plastic tubes that are held together with a little lock nut in the middle. And then at one end, it's got the big heavy battery, which does have a nice place for you to kind of uh, rest your forearm on top of the battery to kind of leverage the machine. But other than that, the thing is just flimsy and, you know, maybe the newer ones are better, but you know, craftsman sears in general just seems to be eking out uh survivorship right now. That's um, kind of what I've seen too. It seems like craft- mo- most of the craftsman stuff is like low use, you know, basic homeowners that, you know, kind of duty, very light duty. I'm hoping with Lowe's very likely buying them at this point that they can kind of make them a, cause they did say that they intend to buy it and make it a, like a luxury option from Cobalt. Mm. Um, so that would be, that would be neat, but their hand tools are still good. Um, hand tools are, the yeah, lot- they're still hard to beat on hand tools for sure. I, I love the wrenches and the ratchets. Like it's, it's all pretty standard stuff, but it works really really good um but you know I, I i can't recommend their power tools their power tools just i don't know same with the i had one of their 19.6 or 19.2 volt uh drills and ended up picking up one of the 20 volt uh dewalts and you know this dewalt's only two years newer but you know also going from nicad to lithium but it just it's not even a question the, the difference in quality, the, you know, the nickel cadmium uh, craftsman, and it's not just the battery, like it, it's slower, it's battery life isn't there, but also just the construction, it, the craftsman didn't feel solid, it felt hollow, like they had shoved a bunch of stuff into a plastic case, which is what they've all done, but the DeWalt just feels solid. Um, so I, I've kind of stuck to that. But, you know, I can't get to Craftsman to pick up a lot of stuff, and DeWalt doesn't make everything, so and a lot of their smaller stuff is branded anyway. Uh, I found that Stanley, Stanley Tool owns a huge share of the market. Most of what you have is probably from Stanley Tool at the end of the day. Um, you know, anything from uh, Irwin is Stanley, and there's a number of other brands that you think you may be loyal to, but it's just Stanley. So I end up picking up a lot because they are well-priced and decent quality. 
Um, anything that I buy at Harbor Freight, I plan to throw away. I, I treat it as a disposable. So either it's a, like a strange power tool that I'll probably never use again, or, um, it's like Jeff said, the nitrile gloves are a great thing to buy there. I buy rags there, that sort of thing, but I don't buy anything from Harbor Freight that I intend to keep for 20 years to pass down to my kids. Like that's, that's kind of where that ends, but I've been happy with all the DeWalt power tools and craftsman hand tools that I've, that I have, uh, gotten and the stanley's are great for kind of the in-between stuff a lot of tape measures and levels and stuff like that yeah that's, one, that's kind one, of all my thoughts on tools one thing robert freight i did buy speaking of tape measures is one of their new bauer lines that barbara freight has um a 25 foot tape measure because mine the one I the one I had broke so I bought a new one I was there for some other stuff um works pretty pretty decently actually the reason main reason I bought it because when it when you pull the tape out it actually locks automatically going out and when you're talking when you're measuring you know wide doors all the time it's actually kind of handy so when yeah, it goes I've out some do that yeah yeah it's kind of nice I think it was it, it was pretty reasonable price. It was cheaper than the Milwaukee one I just bought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after after working on house projects, I just kept buying them because I think I may have like eight or nine of them at this point. Because when you're redoing tile or laminate or or uh, you know any of the house projects, you got multiple people working on your your tape measures will just up and walk away on you, and you know I don't oh, have yeah. time to look around for them, you know. Oh, another six bucks. And so I ended up buying like a, like two, two packs and being like, I will always have a tape measure. That's what you think. Then your, then your wife will walk away with it or your girlfriend will walk away with it and use it for a project. And then you never see it again. Yep. I'll <laughs> the one, That's the one thing tool related that I don't have that I want to get, I want to try is that I saw somebody posted a video review of these the other day. Um, is a pair of adjustable pliers. They're made by Nipex. They're called the Cobra pliers. You guys have to check those out. Explain them uh, while I look them up. Uh, I'm just, I have to, I can't find the video. I didn't save the video, but they're supposed to be really, really, really great adjustable pliers. So they, I mean, they just kind of look like uh, slip lock pliers. Um, I mean, they look, they look pretty good, but it's, yeah, it's a push button uh, slip lock plier. Uh, I've got the same sort of thing. I've got a set of Irwins and you know what? This is actually kind of a good point. So pliers, not all pliers are made equal and you need at least four. Um I recommend having the normal slip lock pliers. I have another pair because I just have the regular flat cut slip lock pliers, just general purpose. And then I have that, that set of Irwins that are kind of like these Nipex uh, Cobras. And uh, yeah, having the, the button and a lot, a lot more teeth to kind of pick your size to is good. But these specifically uh, that I have are really aggressive. It's not got like 
really small uh, fluting on it. Like it's really aggressively uh, aggressive jaws. And so when something just won't come off and you keep, you know, machining off that top, that top bit with your pliers, you know, I've got these, they got a deep V in them. And then those are all serrated, heavily serrated. And you really can really reef down on that cushion grip and really get some, some pull when something needs to get moved. And then everyone should have a pair of lineman's dykes. They're the, they're the straight jaw pliers, the really long ones. So you can get some leverage uh, over at the back so you can use those those cutters and and really get a, a proper grip on stuff I don't just have a pair of pliers because they're all so different it's crucial to have a good set of different pliers i should probably heed that advice i, I don't have very many pliers surprisingly yeah, I've, got, and, I've probably got all those. I've got a drawer full of all sorts of random assortments of pliers and stuff. What I need to pick up is I've been going through life without needle nose pliers, and I need to pick some of those what? up. What? How? Yeah. Uh. Exactly. So you guys are shocked, but it just hasn't hasn't uh, hasn't come to light for me yet that I uh, that I need them. I've been figuring it out. Uh, oh, also those little magnets on the uh, telescoping stick. Yes. Yep. Need. Yep. Must have. Uh, and there's another thing you can buy. <sighs> My dad has one. I can't remember where he got it, but it's called a, a round to it. Hmm. And everyone needs to get a round to it and put it in their in their drawer. Ah. Uh, ha. 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 Well, meanwhile, in the news, uh, we're looking at a uh, a repeat. They're talking about maybe bringing back the cash for clunkers. Oh, please don't. That went well, <laughs> so well last time. Um, <laughs> so let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. Um, so you know, the for those who weren't around for you know two thousand eight, two thousand nine, welcome. Uh, bad, bad decisions happen all Welcome, twelve-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. oh, they were twelve. They're, Jeez, they're, they're twenty-one now. <laughs> Right-click edit. So anyway, um, cash for clunkers. <laughs> yeah. So the the idea is that you get like a voucher for like up to like five grand or so for trading in uh, an old non-fuel efficient vehicle. You know, back back then they did it kind of to help. Uh, get people to buy new cars again after the um, the last recession, and uh, and uh, you know try and spur some automotive sales and get some uh, some dirty inefficient vehicles off the road. That was the idea, yeah. Um, Pretty much. Is, what it did is it drove up the cost of used vehicles everywhere, and especially Grand Cherokees became gold. <laughs> um, so. They're thinking they're going to maybe try and do the same thing again, kind of, you know, with this uh, COVID, uh, you know, hitting, especially automakers, you know, they're going to try and try and do that. And as a as a bonus, uh, you know, get more fuel efficient vehicles out there. Um, I didn't didn't go over super well last time. There was a big problem with um, dealers not getting paid right away or at all. 
for uh, potential vehicles and they took some vehicles off the road that probably were just fine um and like i said it, it brought up the bottom of the market um yep so you know people who are already struggling to get reliable transportation uh, you know fuel efficient or not just some type of reliable transportation had that kind of opportunity taken away um, right right it 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 disproportionately affected the most disenfranchised people and and also took a part took a a lot of spare parts away from people who could have used them (laughs) because the one thing that you know is a a prius may be efficient to drive compared to other vehicles but the cost to the environment to build a car cannot be offset there is no there is no vehicle that exists now that is worse for the environment to drive than to produce a new EV. Yep. Um, that's just how the numbers work out. That's not, you know, a point to be argued. That's simply what it is. Now, eventually these older vehicles will phase out on their own. They will get too old. There will be stopping parts, but trying to hurry that along. Um, I just don't feel was the, uh, was the right decision then and i don't think it is now because like you said you know five grand that's that's not nothing but look at the cost of a new car uh it's it's a drop in the bucket they have rebates on a daily basis that far exceed you know forty five hundred dollars i feel like bringing this program back is just going to do the same thing it did the first time which is take take away access to parts for people who need it or cars for people who need it um, I really hope that this isn't like a, another stimulus effort. Uh, you know, it, it almost, it almost certainly is. Um, I wonder if, if it would help if they put like a specific year range on it, like, you know, mm-hmm. nothing older than, uh, 1960, you know, cause those are specifically vehicles that doesn't, you know, it doesn't make an environmental impact to take them off the road and, Right. You know, there's probably better ways of, of trying to, you know, boost the uh, the automakers than, uh, you know, taking classic cars off the road. Right. That's always just, I don't know, breaks my heart to see that, you know, a bunch of old cars that can never be, you know, reproduced will never be made again, getting scrapped and, you know, having cement pour down their engines and stuff like that, you know. I'm not sure what percentage of cars that happened to in the cash clunkers, but I'm sure it's not like insignificant. It was you know, supposed to be that. all of them, but I, I know that there was a, a massive scandal about um, the vehicles being, you know, set to uh, um, auto wrecking yards to be destroyed. And they simply got parted out under the table um, oh, yeah. because, you know, people knew it was like, Oh, this is a, for you know, for argument's sake, in nineteen sixty Falcons, like, well, we're not right. gonna destroy this. This needs to be out there. Um, right. No one, no one was, you know, sad to see that you know ninety two Mercury Sable, uh, you know, go into the crusher. But unless you had, you know, some auto heads over like in line saying oh here's what's 
you know, coming in from all these dealerships and highlighting and going, these ones don't get scrapped. These ones go to a parts yard to be parted out because right. you know, they wanted to destroy them so that they wouldn't keep those other old vehicles on the road, which, you know, is was short-sighted. Right. 100%. Uh, Andy, what do you think about the uh, revival of the Cash for Clunkers initiative that they're proposing? If, if, if it happens, I mean, there needs to be way more restrictions on it than just, you know, a blanket kind of thing like it was before. Otherwise, you'll have the same issues. You know, people will be intentionally, you know, destroying motors, destroying cars that are perfectly fine for, you know, for the money. Just because, you know, simply because it's a it's a money thing, it's worth more to get that, you know, whatever, 4,500 bucks, if that's what it is or whatever, then the car is worth. And, um, and like you said, um, you know, people scrapping them for parts, not like they were not just being destroyed, like they were supposed to be, you know, there's, there's too many, there's too many issues with it. You know, if there, there needs to be other fixes than cash for clunkers. I mean, I, I don't, it's not the right. It's not the right solution for the time. I mean, it's 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 another ill-conceived idea of bringing something back that didn't work right the first time. You know. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed that they didn't. You know, have 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 they really looked into how it went down last time? Do they? I wonder what measures they have in mind to fix. You know, the the flaws of the first time, or if they even looked that far into it, perhaps this is just, this could just like be a pipe dream. You know? Yeah. It could, could be, they're just floating this idea and right. go over like a lead balloon and they'll move on. But right, right. Yeah. This could just be, it is somebody, somebody said, Hey, let's try this again. And that's all this is. One could hope. Um, moving on to, uh, I suppose this is also a bummer. Um, for its reasoning, uh, the U.S. Postal Service is having trouble, let's say, making rent. Uh, now the USPS has always lost money. That's kind of something to be accepted. Uh, you know, it is required by the uh, by the you know the the founding documents of the United States. Uh, but they're trying to shore up their uh, their revenue right now. So, you know, that that little Jeep that comes and drops off your UPS packages or USPS packages from Amazon, you should uh, you should uh, check out what they have uh, on offer. They are selling 164th scale uh, trucks and Jeeps. Uh, they've got the um, the 1971 Jeep DJ, the hardtop uh, uh, kind of you know cj5 looking uh mail jeep in right hand drive you need a wider blue looks really cool um they also have the new uh am general uh llv the new postal delivery one the kind of wedge wedge shaped thing um and that comes in regular or uh just a regular die cast or a pullback with the with Ooh, opening doors perfect for the kids Perfect for the kids. <laughs> Indeed. Um, it is pretty sad that they have to kind of do that to kind of drum up revenue. Yeah. It's it is it is unfortunate. Ooh, you can also get a uh Ram Promaster cargo van now. Oh. 
Ooh, fancy. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame that they have to do this, but uh, wow, the, it, it goes so far as to have a Crown Vic and a Durango. I was just going to get to that, yes. <laughs> wow, there's, there's security vehicles. There's there's a lot a lot on offer here. And, you know, if you, if you have kids or you like to just kind of collect uh, toys like this, this is, instead of just picking up another couple of Hot Wheels, you know, this is something that you can do to kind of support uh, a critical system just a little bit at a time. Uh, they're, they're a bit spendy, but that's, you got to consider it more like a, more like a Patreon model where you're spending, uh, you know, 17, $13 to support a thing. And then they give you, you know, a little toy as a, as a thank you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Well, uh, I think that is going to be a night for us here. Um, definitely, we've got you know we got a lot of stuff uh, coming up, but um, you'll you'll hear about that as we get to it. Um, we'll definitely start planning these trips uh, now that we're all within eight hours of each other again. Um, Depending so, on who's driving, so, uh, six hours. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, no, that was accurate. It's it's eight. <laughs> Driving five if I'm six if you're driving, Randy. I'll I'll take it. I thought I was going to be mad. <laughs> Other than that, um, just the usual kind of stuff. Uh, you know, there's other shows on the network. There's uh, just another side quest is video games. Loose spokes is dirt bike. Um, yeah, check out the website Tiny Dog Podcast for pictures of the cars and all the other information. Uh, and our Instagram, that's, that's the best way to kind of keep in touch with, with garage night and all the things that we, that we get up to. I posted a, a video of a Mazda MX six, uh, jumping, uh, jumping at the dunes. Uh, do you guys have any other, uh, thoughts before we say good night? Stay healthy, stay safe. We're going to keep washing your hands, keep your social distance. More the same for me. <laughs> Yep, I think that's uh, that's pretty much what we need to focus on at this point. You know, uh, can't get anyone sick if you're in your garage working on your car, right? There you go. Just sick of your projects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too late. <laughs> and with that, uh, we'll go ahead and say good night. Night, y'all. Good night, everybody. listening to the garage night podcast a special thanks for jeff tracy and annie tamlin for joining the show this week until next week keep turning wrenches Hello and hello, welcome hello. to Garage Night. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>